Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Come on, lift your Bible and tell us, make our confession of faith together. Stay with me. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak to us. Do what you do when you do how you do it. I now know that what I'm about to release is so important because there was some atmospheric interference that we needed to break through. But I just need you to say, say, but I broke through. Come on. That freedom you feel, that's what it feels when you tell heaviness to get the hell up out of there. I'm not cussing. Hell is the Greek word Gehenna, which means trash. Sometimes you got to take the trash out. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take the trash out. Y'all ready to go to work? Let's go to work. So Sunday we started this series. You can be seated. Christianity 101. And uh, 101 means the basics or the foundations. And Sunday's message was this. It was this. Say his name. Say his name. Say his name. When no one is around you, say, Jesus, I love you. If you ain't running, you ain't. say his name, say his name. You acting kind of shady, ain't prayed lately. Are you running, game? Say his name, say his name. <laughs> Listen, all right, look. You don't know that one? You don't know that That's All right, right. I taught you this on Sunday, that God is not God's name. It's a title from a sixth-century Germanic term, Gudan. We learned on Sunday that God means this, to call upon, which means to request of. So God is a title, which means anything you request of, you make a God, which is why you have to be careful. Can I tell you something the Lord taught me? He says, son, I called you. He says, so since I called you, don't you ever worry about how you're going to get it done because I'll give you what you need. You make your request of me. You do not, uh, you do not capitulate to people who try to manipulate. You missed what I just said. Uh, he says, listen, you make your request to me because I will provide for you what you need. Somebody say, he's my provider. Right? He's my provider. I need you to stop thinking that people are your provider because they're not. God, 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 God. He is the Lord, your provider. It's not your job. The Lord is your provider. It's not your 401k. The Lord is your provider. It is not your background. The Lord is your provider. It's not your education. The Lord is your provider. Everybody say, he's my provider. He's my 
Whatever you make your request of, that is your God. Then it means to invoke. Who do you appeal to? When you appeal something, you're going above the head of somebody else. And we are very good at appealing to people, but we have not yet mastered how to appeal to God. How do I know it? Because you worry about stuff that you're supposed to pray about. There are things you get worried about, and God says, you ain't even prayed about this. You're worried about this. You ain't even fasted about this. You've not sown towards this, and you have simply worried about it because you did not appeal your situation to me. Question, if God is the owner of all things, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything that is in the earth, God is the owner of. Check this out. Which means any issue I've got with earth in the earth, I can take it to God. I can go above your head. I know what Bank of America said, but they're not the final answer. I don't know who that's for. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I know what the doctor said, but they are not the final answer. Everything in the earth belongs to the Lord, which means I can invoke. I can appeal to the Lord and go above your head, which means the reason I don't have to get an attitude with you is because you're too low to fight with. Shut up. I wish you would stop getting attitudes with regular people and attitudes with other human beings. I'm not going to fight with you. You're too low on the totem pole. I'm about to go to God and go all the way above your head. And you better be careful because you are about to lose your... Everybody say, I can go to God. I... I can appeal to the Lord above you. I can go above you. I can get directly into the face of the owner of everything. And you say, but Bishop, they're not a Christian. They don't have to be. He still owns them. Because if they're in the earth, that means God owns them. I refuse to fight with a worker when I can go to the owner. <laughs> then it means to libate, to pour out to. Who do you pour out to? If you always are pouring out your heart to your friend, then that means you make your friend a God, which would explain why many of your friendships have to end because you have made a God out of them. So many, listen, listen to me. Anything you make an idol, you make a God out of. And what do you mean make an idol out of? If you are always pouring out to people and you never pour out to God, you have made an idol out of them. And the Lord says, I will have no other gods before me. Which means if the first person you run to is your friend to tell your friend everything, it would explain why many of your friendships fail. Because God has to take them off of the seat that's reserved for him. I need you to say, I love you, but I need to pray first. Because me coming to you first, I might say something crazy. You might say something crazy to me. And I don't need you talking to me crazy when I'm in a vulnerable state. I, I've got to go to God. And how do you know you got a real friend? Because they'll, they'll, they'll let you sit there and talk all that, blah, 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 blah. And they'll say, look, you need to go get to the word. You need to go pray. Uh, did you get a message on that? Did you get to a session? Because if you ain't done all of that, I'm not here to sit up and talk to you. You ain't going to get no free unlicensed counseling and therapy up off of me because I am not your God. You cannot libate to me. You've got to go to God. Then it means source. Where do you get your information from? This is whatever you, whatever's the source of your information, that, that, that is your God. So check this out. For some, the media becomes your God because the moment you see it on a news channel, you believe that. Which is why you got so many Christians that are walking around with fear, anxiety, and panic about what's going on in the world because God's not your source of information. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. CNBC is your source of information. CNN is your source of information. Jesus Christ, for some of y'all, Fox News, Jesus Christ, is your source of information. My God, that means you ain't heard the truth in decades. It means, it means where you get your information from. So when everybody else says, oh, the economy's about to be real bad, you can say, maybe for you. But I got my information from the book. Shut your dog on mouth. And the book told me that he makes all things work together 
for my good. I'm so scared about the economy. I'm not. Why? Because I read in this book, it's the source of my information, that whenever it was bad for Egypt, it was good for God's people. My source is a different source. Please open your mouth and say, he's my source. That's why I'm not tripping. What about Corona? I'm not worried about her. I don't like her. I don't like her cousin, the flu, and I can't stand the cold either. I don't like none of that family. I can't stand none of them. They say it's going to be rough this winter. Maybe you're worried about that, but I'm not. Why? Because the Bible says he puts a hedge. Shut your tongue on my. He puts a hedge of protection around me, which means if he let it get to me, that means he's going to give me the grace to handle it. But anything else, God's going to say, blocked it, blocked it. And I need some of y'all to thank God for the stuff that he blocked you didn't even know was coming for you. Y'all ain't going to praise? I need you to thank God for the stuff. Listen, you worried about Corona. HIV was trying to get you. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You worried about some stuff that God blocked it. Open your mouth and say he blocked it. My, my, my source is a whole nother source. So the reason I'm not worried about what the world is worried about is because their source is the information. Their source of the facts. My source is faith. One of the Greek words for faith, write it down as pistis, P-I-S-T-A-S, that means truth. Facts means, facts means what the situation says. Truth means what God says about the situation. So, see, the facts could say, we've seen this happen. We've seen documented healings of stuff that they say can't be healed. How, how do we have documented healings of stuff that they say can't be healed? Because the fact says can't be healed. Truth says with his stripes. I wish you acted like your God was supernatural. Every time they beat him 2,000 years ago, the, the reason he let them is because he said in 2,000 years, just in case something mess with one of mine, I'm going to pay the price in advance. <laughs> God is so amazing that he paid in advance for anything you might get yourself caught up in. Somebody holler, paid for. So watch, so here's the next thing. It means, it means watch me, source. It means my origin. What's the origin of what I'm dealing with? What's the origin of my life? See, when God's the origin of your life, you don't worry about the trajectory of your life. Can I help, can I help some of you why you're so worried about your future? It's because he's not your origin. And since he's not your origin, watch me, because, because, because you question your origin, what ends up happening is that every move you make, you feel like somebody's watching you. Every move you make, you feel, listen, you feel illegitimate. Because if he's not the origin, wherever you're headed, you're concerned about it. You, you, ever, um, you ever had something happen where maybe you, you didn't pay for something and they let you in or, or, uh, 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 or something to that effect, right? Where something happened for you where the origin wasn't quite all the way right. You, you, you didn't pay the cell phone bill, but it was still on. Come on, talk. I'm just trying to give you a practical example. You got what I'm saying? If the origin's not right, you always are, watch me, you are always fearful to make moves. Because you're scared at any moment the origin is going to be found out. See, you see this with relationships. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about relationships. Listen, if you start wrong, it's going to end strong. <laughs> not a good strong. Why? Because if your origin is not right, every step you take after that is going to be done under the guise of suspicion. Guilt, shame, condemnation, which is why you can never, ever, listen, listen to me, don't ever let the enemy punk you into once you've made a mistake to keep on making it some more. I need you to lift your hands and say, if I mess up, I'm going to clean it up. Come on. 
Never let the enemy punk you into saying, oh, I messed up now, so I just need to just keep on messing. That's crazy, man. Because if your origins are wrong, then whatever you do, it will end strong, meaning the ending of it will be massively horrible. Because the origin's not right. If you build your, listen, if you build your friendship off of hating somebody else, that's your origin, which means when you all, you ever, okay, listen, can we talk? Can we talk for a minute? Look, look, you ever, um, you ever had some people that were your friends, and then they got together and decided they didn't want to be your friend no more? And then they create a little union of friends that's against you? And so now, so now it's you, and then you're looking at this union of people. Right, okay, y'all ain't going to talk. And so now they're doing their little lottie D and they're doing their little thing. And now you're like, oh, my God, how did this happen to me? But because the origin was not based off of pure friendship, not based off of genuine mutual interest headed in the same direction. The origin was that they both were jealous of you. So what does that mean? Give it a few months because it's going to be ending. Give it a few months and you'll see on Facebook they didn't block one another, don't talk to one another. I wish some of y'all, I've seen this as a pastor. Folks try to team up and all of that and then before you know it, neither one of them even saved anymore. Better be careful when, you or, when your origin's not right. I'm going to preach it here. Then it means to spring out an authority. So question, is God your authority? Well, what is God, Bishop? He's his word. In the beginning, the word was with God. And the word became flesh. I'm in John. And it, it dwelt among us. Which means, how do I know if God's my authority? Well, his word has to be my authority. So it means when the word speaks, I shut up. This is Windsor, so can I teach hard tonight? When the word speaks, I stop talking. When the word speaks, I listen. Here's what we got. We got a lot of this. Is the word speaks, and then we want to negotiate. I know what he said, but this is my truth. I know what he said, but this is how I feel about it. Which means he's not your authority. So question, could you be your authority? What you feel about it. I'm always amused by people who are ran and controlled by their emotion, emotions. You say, Bishop, why are you amused? Because I don't get it. No, I'm serious. This is a person. I don't get that. Like, I am ruled by the word. Not perfect. Not at all. Oh, my God, Jesus. Thank God for the blood. Praise break. Who can thank God for the blood that covers you that you're not perfect? I'm so glad the blood covers me. Woo! Come on. Baby, I ain't perfect, but I'm bloody. Shut up. I'm not perfect, but the blood covers me. I don't do everything right, but the blood covers me. Somebody say, the blood covers me. But, like, I don't get being ruled by, like, emotion. I don't, that doesn't, I don't understand that. I, I do understand it. Let me be very clear. I actually get it. But I'm like, but do you see the reckless decisions that are made when you do that? So to me, it's like, why don't you just sit down for a second and get yourself together? Because your, your mouth is about to write some checks that you're not going to be able to cash. Why is this important? Because for some people, emotions are the authority. Say, Lord, I release my emotions from being my authority. Uh-uh, finish it all the way from being my authority. For some of you, your, your insatiable desire to please unaccomplished people. You don't wear what you want to wear. You wear thinking about what's she going to say. Did she pay for it? Did she buy it? 
Now, I'm not talking about, now let me fix that, because some of y'all, you're going to say, you're going to go to your boss tomorrow and say, see? No, I'm not talking about <laughs> protocol and order and stuff. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, it's, it's for whatever your authority is, that's your God. Are, are you still with me? Now, 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 so say, Lord, I make you my God. All right, now this is important um, because in understanding that God is a title, anything can be put there. You have to be careful that you don't get so full of you that you don't realize you put someone else right there. You have to be careful that you don't get so full of you and so full of what you want to do that you put music there. So you don't pray, you tell Alexa to play Teddy Riley Radio. <laughs> right? You, you don't pray, you, 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 watch me, you don't pray, you get on the computer. It's quiet in here. And I'm not beating us up. What I'm saying is, is that God says, so that's who you run to first. That's what you go to first. Can we just take a moment and repent? Because we all, everybody, from the window to the wall, from the pulpit to the pew, from the parking lot to the back office, we have all put something else. They say, Father, forgive me for putting something else in the place that's reserved for you. You are Lord, not just my Savior. In Jesus' name. Can I get you to release the praise right there? Come on, Wednesday, online. Come on, in this building, everywhere. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. And here's the deal. Every day, that's a choice of what sits in that seat. That's what the Bible says. I've set before you this day life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. Every day, that's a choice of what's going to sit in the seat. Because you may say, I gave my heart to the Lord back in 74. That's nice. But what have you been doing every day since? Because salvation is a lifestyle, not an experience. All right? So we learned that God's name is Yudhe Oabhe, Y-H-W-H, which equals uh, Lord uh, in, the, um, uh, in your Bible, L-O-R-D, all caps. It equals Lord in your Bible, uh, um, all caps. It means Yudhe Oabhe. And I taught you at the 1115 that the Hebrews created this phrase called the Tetra, or this uh, hand signal called the tetragrammaton that the high priest would put on the on his forehead so whenever he walked out the name of the lord went before them so it wasn't just this saying like we say in the song i will call on the name of the lord well the hebrews would literally say i call on the name and then they put the tetragrammaton up because they were saying i can't say god because today he may not have been in that seat so i have to say his name come on so that the atmosphere is clear on what i'm referencing because if you just say, God, do it, well, who's your God? That's why for some of you, you're like, my prayers haven't been answered. Because God ain't heard you in years because you've been talking to your mama. God ain't heard you in years. You've been talking to your bank account. Open your mouth. Say, say his name. Say his name. All right. So, short is Yahweh. And in English, it is Jehovah. Right? Our God, we learned on Sunday, he is great. Say, he's great. He's omnipotent. That means he has unlimited power. God's got the power to do anything. There's this old school choir song that I love. It says, power belongs to God. Say, he's got all power. 
so he could do what he wants to do, when he wants to do, how he wants to do it. So here's the question some people ask. Well, if God has all power, why are certain things happening in the earth? If I look at me, just a very simple answer. In Genesis chapter 1, he gave that power to us. Yes. It's very simple. So if I give you, listen, if I let you lease out a, a, a condo that I own, if I let you lease out a house that I own, listen, I've set the terms of our agreement, and I expect you to abide by those terms. But if somebody calls me and says, do you know Darlene is cooking some fish? And stinking up the house. I, listen, I gave her authority. So whatever she's doing in her house is on her. I'm still the owner, but I let her run it. This is why you have got to begin to walk in authority. Why? Because you're sitting here waiting on God, and God says, I've given you authority. What are you going to do? I'm the owner, but I told you to run it. I told you to run them generational curses out your family. I told you to run that debt out your bloodline. I told you to run it. Open your mouth. Say, run that. All right. So he's got unlimited power. Genesis 1, he delegates it to us. So when we look at what's going on the earth and we get frustrated, we don't need to be mad at God. We need to look at ourselves. When we get mad about what's happening in America, and let's be honest, there's a lot of stuff to be mad about what's happening in America. Question, what'd you pray? What'd you do? Or did you just sit back and say, this don't make no sense? Okay, you're like, well, what is God going to do? God is like, I'm just waiting on you to say something. You want me to get involved? Because the only way I get involved is I have to be invited in. Why? Watch this. Because when you're in a lease agreement, it's called there's something called quiet enjoyment. Shut up. Quiet enjoyment means the owner doesn't just come anytime unless you invite him in. You got to invite him in to fix your particular situation. And you got to give him permission to come in to come fix your situation. And for some of you tonight, God says, when are you going to invite me in? Somebody say, Lord, I let you in, I let you in, I let you in, I let you in. I let you in, 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 I let you in my marriage, I let you in my kids, I let you in my family. I let you in. Come on in and do what you do when you do how you do when you do what you do it because you do it so well. All right. He's omniscient. That means he has infinite knowledge. Omni all shient knowledge. Anything you study eventually takes you back to God. God knows everything. He knows everything about you and I. You and I, T-Y. He knows everything about you and I. So since he knows everything about us, there's no reason we should ever try to hide something from him. But let's be honest. Sometimes, if you ever acted in a way to where you were so busy on a person not seeing you, you totally were oblivious in that moment to the fact that, like, God saw everything. We've all done it. Like, God is like, hmm. Is this what we're doing today? Oh, that's how you feel about it. Wow. You really? Wow. You're going to do all of that rolling over your neck. Ooh, you're going to get disrespectful. And then you're like, well, so-and-so didn't see me. And God is like, but I watched the whole time. So question, what would you do differently tomorrow if you knew that everything you did, God watched? What would we do? Would you say it like that? Or would you clean it up? It's quiet in this church. We would act different if we believed what he is. (laughs) That he's omniscient. He knows everything. And then the last thing is that he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. 
And we looked at this. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are to and fro in every place in the earth, looking at the good and the evil. Which means God says, I see the people that did you wrong. I see them so you don't have to work. Listen, you don't have to spend all your time trying to look behind. Listen, Lot's wife, the Bible says, when they were exiting Sodom and Gomorrah, the angels give the instructions, do not turn around, keep it moving. Lot's wife, the Bible says, she turns and she checks behind Lot. Why does she do that? Because Lot's name in Hebrew means hidden motives. She knew her husband was raggedy, so she always was checking behind him. Just is it. Okay. She knew that. So she's checking behind him. Why is that important to know, Bishop? Because if you spend all of your life checking behind people, you are literally trying to be God. And instead, you need to say, listen, I don't have the ability to check behind everybody and what they do. Did you say this? Did you do this? Did you? All I know is that if you mess with me, you're messing with God. I all I know is that God saw everything, heard every conversation, read every text, read every email. And the reason I'm not worried about what you're doing behind my back is because God's got my back. I need you to open your mouth and give God praise that he's got your back. Say, he's got my back. Say it again, he's got my back. I am not going to be checking behind you every day. For those of you in relationships, were you checking the phone? Okay, God, Junior. Oh, y'all got quiet right there. The fact that you feel the need to do that tells you something is wrong in the first place. Why don't you deal with the fruit and stop dealing with the root? Or excuse me, deal with the root and stop dealing with the fruit. That's the real issue. The fact that you need to check answers your question. In Exodus 3.14, let's move. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And I taught you this Hebrew phrase, a year, a share, a year, which means I will prove what and who I am. I will prove what and who I am. And um, I taught you these three I am statements from God. The first, I am. He is before there's a problem. So before you have an issue, he is, I am. So when you face it, he's like, I already handled that. Listen, God is not caught off guard by anything that you face. He's like, I am. Before your doctor's report, I am. Before your debt, I am. Before the letter, I am. I don't know who this is for. You're a little shook up for something you got in the mail today. God says, before you got that piece of mail, I am. All right? Then the second phrase I taught you is, I am the Lord that brings you out to take you in. And we learned about how uh, God told Abraham, he says, I brought you out of the Ur of Chaldeans, uh, of the Chaldees rather, which is where you were born and what comes with it. And I'm taking you into Canaan, the promised land, which for you and I is not a piece of land. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. The shalom lifestyle or the promised life doesn't mean nothing bad happens. It just means it's still good. Somebody say, it's all good. Say it again. Say it's all good. Okay, can I get you to say that so so that like the seat up under you starts shaking? Make the earth shake up under you in this building and in your house. Open your mouth. Say it's all good. That's a shalom life. So a shalom life works like this. You can get hit with a bunch of things at one time and say, well, God is still good. This is the day that the Lord has made. And if all of this is happening to me right now, guess what? Watch me handle it. Ooh. 
dude, watch me handle it. Listen, you got to sometimes be like a football player. You got to expect some hits, but still get that ball to the end zone. You got to expect some pass interference, but watch me still catch it and run this ball. You need to still expect some stuff to try to block you and say, listen, let me bust a move on you. I say it's all good. All right, so look. So, so he says, I brought you out of where you were born and what goes with it to take you in. And the last I gave you is I am Alpha and Omega. But tonight, I want to focus on this, that Jesus is all of that and more. Because Yahweh and Jehovah, they equal this phrase, the Lord. And the Lord is different than him being your Savior. If he's your Savior, you only go to him when you need him. And unfortunately, most Christianity has been taught from the need or from the place of need, not lifestyle. So what did we say? When I need him, I call him. No, I call him when I don't need him. Because there's no good relationship where you only call him when you need him. That means you're a leech. That means you're a user, a skeezer, freeloader, heartbreaker, deceiver. Right? Okay. All of us. Okay, now if you sit next to him, you know, just... Let's go on and get it out there. <laughs> All of us know people or have had relationships with people where the only time we heard anything is when they needed us. And they didn't want to tell you that good. No, it was like, you needed me. <laughs> Listen, I got preaching voice still from last week. All right, look. If the only time I see your name on my phone is to ask me for something, hey, sir, what do you want? No, I ain't going to tell you. If the only time, the only, like, if the only time, and let me tell y'all some of y'all, sometimes the Lord sends tests to see if you've matured. Let me prove it to you. Because for some of you, watch me. If this is you, I need you to hop up and spin around one time because this is God telling you I'm about to change your circle. In the last 14 days, you've had people pop up from nowhere from your past. If I'm talking to you, hop up and spin around. Why, why, why am I spinning? God's about to change my circle. And God said, let me test you with some of this old. Let me test you with some of this old to see if you're ready for the new. Because I can't bring new if you still got a taste for the old. I can't bring new if you still going to respond that way to the old. Somebody say, my circle is improving. So, so, so I, so the Lord will send you like, let me see if you still have a taste for, 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 for being used. Let me see if you have a taste for liars. Let me see if you have a taste for projects. Because you can't say your circle's going to get good and you don't have a taste for better. Mm. You can't say your circle's about to improve and you don't have a taste for better. So I send old to see if you still have old on your palate. Because don't tell me new is now and you still got old taste for your circle. Let's get together and do some lunch. There's a reason we stopped getting lunch. There's a reason we stopped interacting. There's a reason I quit fooling with you. Y'all don't like this tonight, but I'm going to preach it anyhow. All right. <laughs> so look, um, none of us like just being called when somebody needs something. 
So why is this important? If he's my Lord, that means he tells me what to do from his word. He runs me all day, er day. Er day is a southern way of saying every day. <laughs> he literally runs me. So when the word says do this, I do that. Like I'm not having a debate with God. But if your Christianity is only a need-based Christianity, then, then your pray, watch me, then you, you praise harder when you're in need, which is manipulative praise. I ain't doing this because you're good. I'm doing this because I need a breakthrough. Which we have to ask the question, how is that really then different than attempting to make, to, to make him a John? Okay, let me translate because some of you are like, John from the Bible? No. You're, try, you're trying to essentially whore yourself out and hope that he's going to pay the rate. But I need you to open your mouth and say, but he's my Lord. So I don't just go to him when I need him. I go to him every day. In fact, my greatest enjoyment is when I don't need anything. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being good. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for cleansing me. God, I'm not coming to you for anything. I don't need anything. Why? You've met all my needs. I don't need anything. I'm coming to you to say thank you. I'm coming to you to give you glory. I'm coming to you to give you honor. Why? You've been good. Somebody holler, he's been good. Oh, say he's been good. I don't need nothing. The greatest messages I get that make me smile, I say, I don't need nothing. Just, just thank you. <laughs> and then all of my teeth come out. <laughs> it's the same for you. It's the same for all of us. So say, he's my Lord, not just my Savior. All right, why is this important? Because when we look at this, that term Jehovah means the Lord. Yahweh means the Lord. And there's a few phrases that appear in the scriptures that have Jehovah and then a supplemental phrase. The Lord, my blank. And I want to teach you, I've got five on this list. Um, we'll see if I get through the first one. We're going to see, Okay. The first is Jehovah Maka, not the Macarena. I don't even remember how to do it. I don't even know. Y'all got to give me the tutorial video. There, there you go. That's altar call. Y'all be ready. Let's go. I'm just joking. <laughs> I, Maka means, here's this. I started with this one because this one, this one means Jehovah Maka, the Lord shall strike. Now, we're shouting about it, but let's read the verse. Because who are we going to strike? Because <laughs> you immediately thought, get him, God. Get my enemies. Get him, Jesus. And then we're going to read this verse. You're going to be like, oh. <laughs> Ezekiel 7 and 9, New King James, it says this. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. I will repay you, see, according to your ways. And your abominations shall be in your midst then you shall know that I am the Lord who strikes. Here's what this literally means. God says, I'm going to make you sit 
Um, and I'm going to make, would you, you come, you just, you just hold first row. And you too. Come on. All right, you sit. And then y'all get in front of him, please. All right. I've been using a lot of human props lately. Now y'all look at him now. Let's go back to the verse. Your abominations will be in your midst. God says, here's how I strike you. I'm going to make you deal with all the problems you, you created. And I am not going to intervene. And you're going to know I'm Jehovah Maka. I'm the Lord who strikes. In other words, God says, sit in it. Is there anybody in the building or online tonight where God has mocked you? He's made you sit in some stuff, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Your love is like, whoa. <laughs> Why didn't you intervene? God says, listen, listen. God says, when I did not intervene, it was my way of teaching you. I bet you'll listen next time. God, why didn't you make this better? I bet you're going to listen next time. God, why did you stop me from getting fired? I bet you'll listen next time. Why didn't you stop this? From, I bet you'll Is there anybody that can testify that you went through a mocking experience that you say, I didn't get it then, but I got it now. I bet you I'll listen now. And what does this really reveal? Revelation 3.19 reveals what this really is. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. I strike. Hatred is silence. Somebody that knows what's right and says nothing to you hates you. Let me tell you your real friends. They're the ones that's going to say, look, I, come here. All of that extra you over there doing, I'm going to need you to bring all of that down, okay? All of it. It's the extra for me. <laughs> Y'all know that dude do that little video? It's the extra for me. And God says, when I do this to you, when I mock you, you know what I like about Maka? Go back, go back to the verse with Maka. You know what I like about Maka? It, look at it. Make. I'm going to make you listen. I'm going to make you pray. I'm going to make you worship. I'm going to make you give. I'm going to make you sow. I'm going to make you. But the reason I'm doing it in Revelation 3.19 is because I love you. And when I make you Here's what I want from you. I want you to get happy and then repent. Zealous means zeal, zeal. That means joy, passion, excitement. In other words, when you see this, God says, don't you come to me with no attitude. When you see this, you better say, oh, my God, he still loves me. He hasn't given up on me because if he didn't love me, he wouldn't make me. If he didn't love me, he wouldn't mock me. You need to thank God for the times where you couldn't sleep because you were dealing with your own guilt. 
You need to thank God for the times where he got you up and said, I'm about to make you. I love you. I'm not through with you yet. Holla, he ain't through with me. Therefore, be zealous. Be happy about it. Be, think about it. Think about, be happy about it. And then repent. So I'll move them when I hear you repent. Why are you repenting? Say it louder. What you going to do different? Say it again. I'm going to sit my butt down somewhere, shut up, and listen. And then here's what he does. Y'all gone now. Here's what God did. You ready for this? And here's what he did. While he was making you, what your failure was actually covered other people from seeing what he was making you into. In other words, God says, I love you so much, I could have put you out there. I could have exposed you. I could have ruined you, but I covered you. Woo! Somebody say, he covered me. Say it again, he covered me. Here's the next one, let's move. Jehovah Hosin you, maker. He's my maker. <laughs> Psalm 95 and 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Hosinu, our maker. So if, I, if he's making me, I don't get to have a say in what he's making me into. So let me, let me tell you how some of you are fighting with Hosinu. I don't feel like myself. Who are you? You're being made. Y'all ain't saying anything. I just don't feel like the regular me. Good. He's making you to a better you. I just don't like the stuff I used to like. Good. He's elevating your taste. He's taking you from Golden Corral to Roots Creek. Shut up in here. And nothing against them rolls at the Corral. The rolls. Listen. What are you saying? Say, he's making me. Say it again. He's making me. And if he's making you, you don't get to tell him what to make you into. How many of us will be honest, and it's been online, online to the hand of emoji, where you have fought hosting you. You have fought it. You literally, mm-mm, 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 no. I ain't in all this Christianity forgiveness. No, bump that. No, forget that. No, you hit me, I hit you back. You talk about me, I'm going to talk about you back. You mess with my kid, I'm going to... It's quiet. Say, he's making me. So here's the deal. Everybody, open your mouth. Say, Lord, I yield to that. Oh, my God. Say, I yield to your will. What you're making me into, who you're making me into, I submit. Forgive me for fighting my maker. Can I tell you, can I tell you how foolish that is to do with God? If you go to your car manufacturer, you take it to the dealer, and the dealer says, look, we need this part because this is what we need to make it work. They're going to say, and this is how much it costs. What are you going to do? Pay it. Why? I don't want it to fail me when I'm on the road. I don't want it to break down when I'm on the highway. 
So because I need my future to be secure, I pay now so I don't have to pay later. Because if I pay later, I'm going to have to pay greater. And for some of you, God says, would you just sit down and let me do what I'm trying to do to you? I'm trying to chop that attitude off of you. Chop that inconsistency. Chop that bad talking. Chop those bad. I'm chopping. 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 Chop. Let me make you. Because if you fight me, you're going to pay later. And when you pay later, you're going to pay greater. Because because you didn't want to pay for the part now, when you own the highway. Then what happens? Then you stop so you can't keep up with the new traffic you're in. And for some of you, what happens to your midlife crisis and all of that is because you were in traffic and you broke down because you didn't let it make you in your 20s. You didn't let it make you in your 30s. You didn't let it make you in your 40s. But I need everybody to open your mouth and say, but Lord, do it now. Do it now. Do it now. I don't care if you're a millennial, baby booner, Jim or X, whatever. I don't care wherever you are. He is making you into something better. Let's move to this next one. Sidkanu. The T is silent. Sidkanu. Don't say Tasidkanu. It's Sidkanu. It means Jehovah or Yahweh, the Lord, my righteousness. Jeremiah 23, 6. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. This means he says, I make you righteous. What does that mean? I make you in right standing with me. I'm your righteousness. So I can live righteously because I've been made righteous. I'm not trying to live righteously to become righteous. Let me back that thing up. All the ladies make some noise. Cool. All right, listen. When you're a lady, when you're a lady, there are things you do as a lady. Come on here. <laughs> when you're a lady, there are things you do as a lady because you're a lady. You don't do that to become a lady. Because you're a lady, this is what we do. When you're a man, fellas, make some noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Debo. Listen, um, when you're a man, listen, and there's a difference between being a male and a man. See, male is by birth, man is by choice. Men handle their responsibilities, take care of their business, all right? Now listen, fellas, listen, men, men of God, listen, men of God, men of God. For those of you who said, what did he just say? Mend, M-E, for my note takers, M-E-N-D, men of God. That's the spiritual way to say it. Like, I'm not a man of God. You, if you will sanctify, you say he's a man of God. I was talking to this one preacher one time uh, who I was thinking of having to come do something for us. And when she talked to me, she literally talked that way. She says, man of God. I said, did you call me a man? <laughs> I said, baby, I am a man, a whole man, not a man. <laughs> All right, I'm just joking, guys. Have fun in church. All right? Okay, y'all there? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Got to get your attention back. 
So watch. So in this, when you're a man, Paul says when I became a man, he had been a male. In other words, Paul said, when I became a man, when I decided I'm going to boss up, man up, handle my business, ain't running behind no woman, y'all ain't going to talk to me. When I'm going to man up, then I put away my toys, my childish things, when I became, so I chose that. So when we were men, men, and all the men hear me, because we're men, there's certain things we do. We don't do those things to be manly because we're men. This is what we do. I'm not doing it to become one because I am one. This is what we do. And don't get that confused with hypermasculinity and don't throw all your psychological terms at me. The Bible is very clear. When I became a man, I put away my toys and I started handling business. And we thank God that Harvest is raising up some men that handle business. From zero all the way up. Our men handle business. Come on, let me prophesy to our men. We don't man back. We speak that our men are CEOs, that they take their authority, they take their rightful place. I speak to every man and his masculinity, and I affirm you, and I speak the word of the Lord to you, that you would be a mighty man of valor, that you would be a mighty man of God, that you would go out and rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. Ladies, I need you to give God a praise for the men. Come on. Come on. Uh-uh. You can't beat men down and expect them to win. You can't beat men down and expect them to serve. You can't beat men down and expect them to be there. Somebody say, thank God for men. All right. Let's be clear. Don't do that, ladies. Don't be sitting with your friends man bashing. Don't do that. All right. So righteousness. Look at the verse. It says, he is the Lord our righteousness. It means this. That's what he'll be called. It means he makes me that. So he makes me that so I can live that way. So that means I'm not performing, I am doing. So if you learn Christianity this way, I'm going to do these things so he's happy. He's happy so I do these things. I'm going to do these things so he loves me. Mm -mm, he loves me so I do these things. You see the difference in the mentality? That's what this means, the Lord our righteousness. So anything I do for him, I do because I am already accepted, not to be accepted. Because he's my righteousness. Okay, let's move to this next one. Y'all like these last two. You ready? These are the shouters. You ready? Jaira. The Lord my provider. In Genesis 22, 14, and Abram called, everybody look, the name of the place. Which means Jaira is a place. It's a place where he provides. Which means, in case you don't know the story, here it is. God says to Abram, um, he says, listen, I'm going to give you a son. And, um, and they eventually have a son. Skip through a whole lot of minutia. They have a son. Him and Sarah have a son. And when he's a little boy, God says, hey, Abram. Yes, sir. Um, time to sacrifice. Which bull would you like? Mm-mm. mm We ain't gonna do that. I'm gonna need Isaac. You want what I asked you for? You want what we've been waiting for decades to get? Ooh. Ooh, I just heard this. 
I've been waiting for this for years, and now I got it, and you want it back? I've been waiting to get married for years, and now that I got it, you want it back? I've been waiting to make progress in my career for years, and now that I got it, you want it back? Yep. Because I need to know if it's him or me. And the only way I'll know is if you prove that you'll sacrifice me. The only way I know that I got you is that if you're willing to give that up. And you got to be careful that you're not in love with the stuff he gave you. More than you're in love with him. It's quiet in here tonight. So he says, sacrifice him. Go worship. So Abram goes over to Isaac. I know he's thinking like, oh my God, what am I going to do? 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 So he says, come on, son, let's go worship. Okay, come on, we're going. Uh, Daddy, where's the, where's the sacrifice? Huh? <laughs> son, stop asking all them questions. Stop asking all them questions. Stop asking all them questions. <laughs> C- come on now. Come on, let's walk. Walk. Come on, let's walk. Let's walk. Let's walk. Let's walk. Let's, let's walk. Let's walk. Come on, give me some walking music. Give me some walking music. They walking. They walking. They walking. They walking. They walking. They walking. Walk. 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 They walking. And you got to think what Abraham's thinking. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to kill what I pray for. I'm going to have to give up what we labored for. But it is. But it is. So as they're walking up, as they're walking up the mountain to get to the place to sacrifice. Listen, look at me. The same time Abram obeys, God releases Jireh. And for some of you, you see no provision because you don't listen. You, 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 don't, you don't obey so he cannot provide. But I need to, but tonight, come on here. Say, Lord, I'm listening now. Because what happens is when he makes a decision to obey, at the same time, God sends a ram up the other side. So every step he takes to obey, the ram takes another. And for some of you, you need to hear me. I just heard the Holy Ghost loud and clear. What you need is moving toward you. You're about to run into it. What you need is you're about to run in. Open your mouth, please, and say, I'm about to run into it. So look, so look, so look. So every step he takes, the ram takes another step toward him. Every time, let's make this practical. Let's go back. So every step, boom, I'm a faithful giver. Boom, I'm serving. Boom, I'm I'm following the word. Boom, I forgive. Boom. So then he gets here. And he gets ready to lift up the instrument to slay Isaac. When he gets ready to do it, the angel of the Lord says, stop! Wait a minute. (laughs) You knew what I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, you're the ram caught. (laughs) So what is he over there doing? Trying to take a nap? Listen. (laughs) Look at me. The Lord allows the ram to be caught in the thicket so he doesn't move past Abram. And for some of you, you're like, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. God says, uh-uh, I slowed it up so that you don't miss it. Open, you, but you, I will throw this mic at your face. Open up your mouth and say, God kept it on hold. 
I don't I won't literally throw the mic. So look, the ram's in the thicket. <laughs> and so he's getting ready to slay his son. I mean, it's like a rough moment. It's a rough moment. It's a rough moment. And he's like, oh my God, I love him. I care about him. This is my son. I prayed for him. But God, I have to obey you because I love you more than him. I love you more than him. I love you more than my money. I love you more than my stuff. I love you more than my relationship. I love you more than my marriage. I love you more than my... I love you more. I love you more. I love you more. So then he draws it back. And when he does it, the angel of the Lord says, stop. There's a ram caught up over here in this thicket, this bush. I got him caught up so he didn't walk past you. You missed that. Because watch me, some of you are like, oh, my God, I missed my moment in my 30s. He held it. I missed my moment in my 40s. He held it. I missed my, I rebuke you thinking you're too old. I rebuke you thinking you're too young. You might be young, but you're ready. He said, he said, I I got you. I got you caught up. I got the ram caught up in the thicket. So he says, listen, now obey the next instruction. This is why you have to continue to be faithful. You got to be faithful to church, faithful to the word, faithful to logging on, faithful to the podcast. Why? Because the next instruction directly contradicts the last one. And if you stop listening, talk about I'm good. I went to church once this month. Okay, you're about to kill your Isaac when you didn't have to. Because the next instruction says, stop, I got a ram for you. So the next instruction is don't, don't kill him. I just want to see if you would. And now that I know I have you, I'm about to give you everything. I'm about to give you everything. I'm about to give you everything. And for some of us, we know that in these next 12, in the last 12, we showed the Lord, you got us, God. And in these next 12, you're about to give us everything. 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 So look, Jaira, that's a place. So this place is called Jaira. We call it a name, but it's really a place where the name provides. It's the place of obedience. It's the place where I ain't fighting with God over no offering. It's the place I'm not fighting with God over forgiving somebody. Look, I forgive you because I ain't got time to be sitting up here mad about you. Well, I'm mad about you, I'm going to miss my ram. I ain't got time to be distracted with yo. Not you, yo. Say, he's my provider. He says, I will provide for you when I have you. But if I don't have all of you, then you won't get all of my provision. I will provide for you to the extent you obey. So don't get mad at other people that have lots of provision. They just obeyed when you wouldn't. Mm. But in your next 12, say, I am obedient. I am obedient. 
Come on, I know that's not a popular word in American Christianity, but it's Bible. Say, I'm obedient. I'm obedient. I'm obedient. I obey. I do what I'm told. When you say jump, I say ha ha. You say spin around, I spin. You say raise your right hand, I raise my right hand. You say cha-cha real smooth, I cha-cha real smooth. You say crisscross, I crew. Whatever it is. Here's the last one. Rofika. I got through him. Rofika. Rofika means healer. He's Jehovah Rofika or Yahweh Rofika. The Lord, my healer. And all of these are personalized. So he's my provider. He's my righteousness. He's my maker. He's my maka. And he's my healer. Exodus 15, 26. And, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I put on the Egyptians. What does he say? I'll cover you. He said, I'll cover you. He said, I'll cover you. Come over here. For I am the Lord, look at the last part, who heals you. Now, here's the question. If you didn't put it on me, why do you need to heal me? Because God says, listen, even if you went off and did your own thing. You do know that the woman with the issue of blood had her issue because of a relationship she was in she shouldn't have been in. And the penalty, according to Torah, was that she would have a flow. I've taught on that before. The penalty for the relationship that she was in, which became sexual, that she had no business being in, was that and Torah, Torah says that she would have an uncontrollable flow. And she did it for 12 years. So when you see her, you're like, oh, my God, she has this flow. The Bible says she spent everything she had because she went to doctors to heal her like she went to men to heal her. Y'all ain't going to talk to me tonight. She jumped from man to man trying to get healed, and then when they made her sick, she had to go from doctor to doctor to get healed. And for some of you, you need to hear me. This next 12 months, God says you ain't going to jump from man to man, woman to woman, thing to thing, doctor to doctor, therapist to therapist. God says, no, what I'm doing in this next 12, I'm going to be your Rofika. I am the Lord, and I will heal you. I will heal you. Say, he heals me. 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 Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, 
If this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. 